Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. On a Friday, the day after, the Champions League draw was made. The day before, Liverpool take on Bournemouth in a game that can just hurry up and get done. We're not going to talk about Bournemouth. There is a scouted out for that. You can listen to that. There's a rivalry con that Harry has just released. You can listen to that one. I can't be arsed. Anyway, in the Champions League, we did not get the group that I wanted. We did get Ajax, which is good. The football heritage. We got Napoli. We've had them a few times. Napoli are a little bit scary at the moment. Now, defensively, I think they might take a step back from where they were last season because they've lost Koulibaly. But they have been very, very aggressive this transfer window. And they've brought in Matthias Oliveira, Uruguayan left-back. He's quality. Made the Zambo Anguisa deal permanent. He's quality. Kavicha, the young Georgian winger, looks unbelievable. They signed Leo Ostergaard from Brighton. He is a good centre-back. They signed Kim Min-Jae from Fenerbahce. He's an excellent centre-back. But will it take them some time to settle in to a new team, a new way of playing? Uh, Salvatore Sirigu, experienced goalkeeper, brought in for depth. Giovanni Simeone brought in for depth up front. El Cholo's son, that's a loan with an obligation to buy. He's very, very talented. They brought in Tangay Endembele from Spurs on loan. Again, super talented. Didn't really seem all that bothered when he was at Spurs for whatever reason, but he's already started well with Napoli, scored a worldie there at the weekend. And then Giacomo Raspadori, one of the most exciting young players in Italy, 22 years of age, plays an inside forward. He's exceptionally good. So they do all of a sudden have some excellent options in attack. Simeon, we know. Chucky Lozano, we know. 
Now Simeone added to that. Now Kavicha added to that. And Raspadori added to that. They still have Politano as well. I wouldn't be a big fan. And I don't know much about Alessio Zerbin. But he has been capped by the national team. So he can't be bad. And at 23, he's probably got his best years ahead of him. So they've got a strong attack. In midfield, again, we know some of these players. Diego Demay, Peter Zielinski. If he stays, Fabian Ruiz, Elif Elmas. And then you add Zambo to that, obviously staying for the permanent long-term move. Lobotka as well, I forgot to mention. And Endembele. So, again, strong in midfield. There are some question marks with the goalkeeping situation. Alex Murray is very talented, but he hasn't really shown it at Lazio and he is uh, sorry at Napoli and he is there four years now. He's barely played in the last eighteen months or so, but he does look like he might be first choice at this point. They have been linked with Kaylor Navas, but nothing's happened with that so far. Defence is where I think they can be had. You look at their squad. Oliveira is a very good left back. And like I said, the um, the new arrival in defence, Min Che, he's, he's good. But outside of them, it's not exactly a, a really strong defence. I mean, Mario Rui... Juan Jesus wouldn't be fans of either of those, to be totally honest. I think they can be got at in defence, but their midfield and attack are quite scary. And the other team in the group is Rangers. This will be a, a lovely opportunity to go and wave a bunch of Irish flags. It's what you should do. If you're going, bring an Ireland flag with you. Uh, they signed John Sutter from Hearts, big, tall, lumbering centre-back. Brought in Rabi Matundo, formerly Man City, formerly Stoke on loan. Went to Sha- uh, Schalke for, I think, 11 million, 11 million, three years ago, maybe. And uh, sold this summer for 2.5. Malik Tillman in on loan. Ben Davies in from us. Ridvan Yilmaz is a, a really good signing, really exciting left back. I'm not sure how they managed to get him, but he's quality. Uh, and I don't know much about Antonio Kolak. Tom Lawrence brought in from Derby as a championship-level player. Um, so they have strengthened, and they haven't really lost <clears throat> Excuse me, anything other than Calvin Bassey. Now, Bassey is a big loss because he's an excellent defender. But all in all, they've kept most of what they'd wanted to have kept. And um, we should wipe the floor with them. We should. They're, they're a championship-level team. That's what they are. That's a championship-level team that they have there. But Ibrox is a real cauldron for European nights, so that'll be interesting. And, well, we're just not playing very well, so um, we'll have to wait and see how that one goes. We are in Group A. First round of matches is played the 6th and 7th of September. Then it's the 13th, 14th. Then the 4th and 5th of October and the 11th and 12th of October. And then the 5th round is the 25th and 26th of October. And the final round is the 1st and 2nd of November. 
So they are cramming this into a short period of time. Ajax have had a strange summer. They've lost a number of important players. They lost Masrawi and Onana, two key starters on freeze. Ryan Gravenberch went, Sebastian Haller went, Lissandro Martinez went to United, obviously. Nicolas Tagliafico is gone and Per Schurz is gone. So one, two, three, four, five, six. You could argue seven starters, more like six. But that's a lot for one summer. Coming in, Steven Bergvine is a good player. Owen Windell, good left back. Calvin Bassey from Rangers. Uh, Francisco Conceição, who's the manager of Sir, or the son of Sergio Conceição, the Sergio Conceição, the manager of Porto. Um, Brian Brobby, who was in their academy, left on a free to go to Leipzig two years ago, maybe, and is back. And George Sanchez, a right back who is Mexican from Club America. He's in. I don't know much about Kaplan, the Turkish centre-back they've brought in. So you would assume they will be weaker than last year. They'll be younger than last year as well. Less experienced, less Champions League experience. So we'll see what happens with them. All in all, it's a group we should very comfortably sail through. We really should be winning five of the six games, both against Ajax, both against Rangers, home against Napoli. And you take whatever happens in Naples. But with the way we're playing, don't know that I'm all that confident, to be totally honest. Confident we'll get through, for sure. Just not confident that it'll be as comfortable as it should be. When you look at the IX squad, there's nobody really there that would scare you at all. I mean, Dusan Tadic, Anthony, who'll probably be gone to United by the time this comes round. Davy Klassen, Everton legend. Um, there's good players in the squad, but there's nobody really that stands out as somebody that you'd be overly concerned about. Same thing with Rangers. The Napoli squad is is very strong, but again, we are better than them. We should be beating them at home. And again, what you'll take whatever comes away. Um, we know we have issues. Everybody knows we have issues. Everybody knows what the issues are. It's taken some people a lot longer than others. But I I can't be let's just talk with this. Henry Winter. Henry Winter, who's not known for having any involvement in transfer news or gossip or anything like that, said on Twitter last night that he can't wait to see Jude Bellingham play for Liverpool next year. Now, why would he say that if he didn't know that something was in place? Because it's just not a, the type of thing Henry Winter, who's so careful with what he says, and is a very much a broadsheet man who doesn't deal with tabloid scuttlebutt. Why would he say that if he didn't know something? 
he's never been one to just throw something out like that. And he knows it'll get seen and he knows people will talk. But he knows idiots like me are talking about it right now. But I just don't think Henry, having observed Henry for years, read his work, followed his career, I just don't see how or why he would come out and say anything like that if he didn't know something. And he does have connections at Liverpool. That's something to remember. He goes throughout the autobiographies of Kenny, of John Barnes, and of Steven Gerrard. So he does have connections at Liverpool. And I just wonder, has he been told that Bellingham deal is done for next year? And maybe it's just a case that both clubs don't want to announce it while the window's ongoing or whatever. But if we have Jude locked in for next summer, that would explain maybe there is a lack of money right now because maybe that money has just been put aside for Jude because the fee is going to be ridiculous. It's going to be 100 million there, thereabouts. It's just really interesting. It doesn't help us this season. And as exciting as getting him would be, writing off this season just still feels really, really foolish to me when we have so many great players in their primes, like world-class players. Arguably the best keeper we've had, arguably the best, well, no, I think definitely the best centre-back we have. I think he's past jockey now. I think Ali or Clements is the is the the competition and goal. Thiago's one of the best midfielders we've ever had in terms of his level. Fabinho's one of the best defensive midfielders we've ever had. Mo is one of the best forwards we've ever had. These guys are all in their prime. To write off a season just seems ridiculous. It's great if we're getting Jude. If they can be certain we're getting Jude next summer, that's great. But we will need three midfielders next summer. Three of them. And can you really see any more money being spent after Jude if that's the case, that he is coming in? With no money coming back for Naby, Ox or Milner? Who touch wood... We'll all be leaving. Naby can stay if he wants. If he does stay, we only need one other midfielder. Him, Jude, and one more. We still need that one more. It's just really interesting that Henry Winter said that. If if most of the journalists said it, you just write it off as, you know, he's misworded that or it's speculation or whatever, but this guy just doesn't... He just doesn't lower himself to deal with transfer stuff. He only really speaks what he knows. Or in the case of Roy Hodgson, (laughs) he embellishes things, but that's just what Roy Hodgson. Henry is fiercely British. Um, 
I don't know. It's 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 funny. Like you get Jude, and your midfield will shape around him for the next decade or more. But it'll take him a year, maybe two years, to get fully up to speed to settle and start to really hit his stride. He's still only a kid. And he plays, or in our system, he would play the right-sided role. He's not playing the left-sided role, which is why signing someone like Moises Casado or Quadio Cone now makes so much sense because Thiago can move to the right in the short term and then Thiago and Jude could be rotated in that right-hand side role. Kone or Casado and Keita, if he sticks around, could be lo- ro- ro- rotated in the left-sided role. And then all you really need to do is find that depth piece behind Fabinho. Someone that can be a long-term successor there. And I know people will say Bastage, but let's be fair, he's 17. I'd like him to start tomorrow, but I'm not going to be banking on him next season and the season after as the backup to Fabinho. And that is something we will need as well, because there's nobody at the club who's a suitable backup. Nobody who's good enough to step in for a stretch of games. Nobody who's good enough to play against any opposition. Main Liverpool sites then. This is Anfield. There's a lot of stuff about the Champions League draw, so do check that out. There's a piece here entitled why you can ignore claims of Liverpool interest in Frankie de Jong I wouldn't really ignore it because he does fit he does fit Frankie could play on the left with Thiago on the right Frankie could play on the left with Jude on the right Frankie next to Fabinho is really interesting. It's even more interesting with Thiago as the right-sided one because the balance then is is very, very strong. You're still not as strong defensively as you would with with somebody like a Casado or a Kone, but you get a lot more on the ball with Frankie. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. It's something we'll look at in the last day or two of the window. Um, Liverpool.com. Jurgen Klopp must take a leaf out of Pep Guardiola's playbook. What? Slap? Shave his head, give it a slap, and then go in and ask your sheep daddies for more money? That's kind of the Pep playbook. Uh, Liverpool have triple incentive to sign former World Eleven star. This is about Frankie. Liverpool can find short-term midfield solution with much-anticipated experiment. This is moving Trent into midfield. I do want to talk about that at some some point, but let's leave it there. FSG may discover new wildcard Jurgen Klopp air this season has already worked for Liverpool. This is Steve Cooper. He is one to keep an eye on. I think he's really, really good. Uh, Media Digest. Liverpool make Barcelona unrefusable transfer offer. Uh, allegedly 53 million and seven in add-ons. Now it's from a crappy source, so you wouldn't put anything into it. 
the stuff here about a Roberto Firmino swap. Firmino going to PSG with Leandro Paredes coming back. That's not happening. Uh, Uruguay midfielder Fede Valverde has been linked with a move to Liverpool on and off for around a year. A new claims from Spain suggests a mystery offer has been made for him from England. It would be very, very difficult to find a better fit for the club in all aspects than Fede Valverde. But he does seem like somebody who probably ends up being a Madrid lifer. Now, the thing is, if they're looking at Jude, and rumours are that they want Jude as well, obviously, and if they did get Jude, what would that mean for him? Because you'd imagine it would be a midfield three of Jude, Chiumeni, and Camavinga, which might leave Valverde sort of as the odd man out. Now, he is somewhat of a utility player, obviously, can play right back, right wing, centre midfield, holding midfield. So maybe he'd be available next year. I just don't see any chance he's available this year. Uh, and I just I don't know that he'd want to lose. He is incredible, though. Absolutely incredible. A machine. And you'd snap yeah, anyone's hand off to get him at Liverpool. Uh, Anfieldindex.com. New piece up from Stephen Smith. Liverpool versus Bournemouth. A changing of the guard. Do check that one out. There are... Five new podcasts. There's the, the Scouted Pod I mentioned yesterday. There's a new Molby on the spot with Trev and Jan. There is a Euro Incision podcast. Nina joined by Justin and Tom James to react to the Champions League draw. There is a rival recon, Harry and Neil Dawson of Back of the Net. Let's check that one out. And then there is, I think, the best podcast going right now minefield alan andrew having a look at what could possibly have gone wrong in the season these two lads always 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 smash it out of the park it is the best podcast you will find incredible stuff and guy is telling me there is an episode of the original anfield index podcast being recorded tonight that will have trev for certain uh, possibly Lisa Marie, Carl, and maybe one or two others. I don't know. Oh, it's actually Guy and Lisa Marie. Uh, Carl rested this weekend. So, I don't know. Trev mustn't be happy with his performances. He can be like that, can Danny. He can just drop people. Just, no. You haven't done well enough. You dropped. We'll bring Young Drinkle in. Bit of fresh legs on the podcast. Uh, all right, that's it. That's me for the week. Enjoy your weekends. Hopefully, 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 hopefully. Hopefully, my voice broke there. Hopefully, we can get a win this weekend and I'll be happy for once. And uh, if not, I'll be back here for the, uh, the Daily Rage on Monday. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index 
and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.